the apostle suddenly bursts into praise because he realizes that God's wisdom and his knowledge are endless and so wonderful that we cannot understand it all. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sins. Good morning, my dear friends. It's a wonderful day today. Um, it's been raining. Now it's quite shiny. I think things are getting better. Uh, I look forward to a little more rain and um, the restoration or renewal of the environment. So, I thank God for the gift of rain, even as I thank him for the gift of salvation in Christ Jesus. And today we continue to look at the gospel um, as it is taught to us by Paul from the book of Romans. We are now in the final verses of verse 11. And so we are going to read uh, Romans chapter 11, verses 25 to 36. Shall we pray? As we open your book to read it this morning, a loving Father, help us to do so with a sense of expectation and also uh, an, uh, uh, with a sense of gratitude to you that you have your written word that tells us things we cannot understand naturally. Apart from being taught, we have no way, Lord, of knowing your plans, of knowing you and knowing your plans and purposes for us and for the entire universe. For you are our God, our creator, as well as our loving father who sent his son to our world to save us all. We are grateful. Help us now, Lord, to understand every word that we shall read today and also put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. So our scripture, once again, is chapter 11 of Romans, verses 25 to 36. Now Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery Brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. 
verse 28. For as the gospel, for as far as the gospel is concerned, there are enemies on your account, but as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable, just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. All oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his powers build tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I praise God for those wonderful words from the Bible. So, uh, our basic um, lesson last Sunday was that God's promises will always be fulfilled, that God will always fulfill his promises. God has always been and will ever remain faithful and true to his word, even if his people are unfaithful. Therefore, um, we read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, 11 to 13, if we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. So God will always remain faithful. That is his, a part of his nature and a part of his attributes even if we ourselves are faithless or unfaithful. As we had noted in our previous discussions, um, I mean chapters uh, 9, 10, and 11 of Romans have um, concentrated on uh, the question or the theme of Israel's rejection of of the gospel of Christ and his gospel and, also, and their current as well as their future relationship with God. And the question was and continues to be, since they rejected God and refused to believe in the son he sent, has God rejected them forever? Now, today's scripture is telling us that Israel will finally see the light 
and will accept Jesus Christ and will be saved. Let me quickly add here that, that this is not um, something new actually because um, various Old Testament prophets had predicted uh, the eventual salvation of Israel. I mean, in spite of their disobedience. How and when Israel will be saved is a question. Uh, that's why Paul in verse, verse, verse 25 of our reading says it's a mystery that we should not uh, fail to understand as believers in Christ and readers of his word, as people filled by his spirit, we should not be ignorant about God's plan and purposes for, for Israel, which must go according to his promises and according to his, um, his nature and his character. And so now, um, turning to our reading, um, verse 25, Paul says that um, for the time being, for the time being, God has hardened uh, the hearts of his people Israel for a purpose. And the purpose is to give room or to allow the coming in of the Gentiles, to allow the Gentiles to be saved. I mean, Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 that his gospel will be preached throughout the world and then the end will come. In other words, the second coming of Jesus Christ will coincide with the preaching of the gospel to the ends of the earth so that all the people of the world will have been exposed to the gospel. It is not that all of them will be saved, but at least they will have been exposed to the good news uh, of Jesus Christ. And when this, when the gospel is preached to the ends of the earth, uh, it will result in the salvation of many, many, you know, and great multitudes of people uh, from the so-called Gentile world. So Gentiles, many Gentiles, great, in great numbers, will be saved um, at that particular time. But it is clear from both Old Testament and also the New Testament that when God says that all Israel will be saved, uh, he doesn't mean that every single Jew will be saved. We have seen that um, God saves only those who believe. We, we, we saw earlier that um, at the time Paul was writing, there was only a small remnant of Jews who remained, you know, alive, who had believed in the Son of God and had been saved. The majority of them had rejected Christ and continued at that time to reject Jesus Christ and they continue up to, the, to do today to reject salvation um, in Christ Jesus. So it's only a, a remnant who will be saved those who have believed in Jesus. Yes, as we saw earlier, everyone 
who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, basically, salvation is by grace through faith. Therefore, my dear friends, there's only one way in which people can be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. It needs to be repeated. Now, Paul talks about God's mercy. Let's, what this means. Now, by way of reminder, Paul wrote this letter uh, to the Christian church in Rome, which comprised uh, a mixture of Jews and other racial groups. From the book of Galatians, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is clear that um, Jews and Gentiles did not mix very well, even within the Christian fraternity. One reason it was difficult for them to blend uh, well is that the Jews tended to impose their laws and their regulations on other people, people from other um, you know, nationalities, which then give rise to resentment and disagreement. Uh, in verses that one and that, that and that one, Paul points out um, the fact that, um, you see, the Gentiles were once disobedient and, and, and only because of God's mercy, they had been saved. And in the same manner, the Jews had now become disobedient so that God can show them mercy. The same mercy that he extended to the Gentiles is available to Israel. So you can see in the eyes of God, they are all the same. That's why there shouldn't be any, any rivalry or, 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 or disagreement um, when, um, between the Jews and uh, people from other racial groups in the Christian church. Now verse 32 tells us that because of the disobedience of the Jews and Gentiles, God had imprisoned them, or the word is bound them. God had bound them, which I understand to mean uh, kind of imprisoned them in their, in their sin so that there is no escape. There is no escape for them except by the mercy of God. God's mercy remains the glorious good news to all sinners. God is merciful, my friends. And God will forgive every sinner who repents of his sins. And he will be saved if he confesses Christ as his Savior and Lord. And so basically what we are saying that salvation is all about God. It is all about God. The Bible is all about God. The good news is all about God. And we need to tell it to the nations. 
That's why those who go to the ends of the earth to spread the good news to the whole world were said in our previous message to have beautiful feet. So let me emphasize here that the message of the entire Bible is all about God. In our present verses, Paul says that God's mercy is so wonderful that he himself is amazed. In verses 33 to 36, the apostle suddenly bursts into praise because he realizes that God's wisdom and knowledge are endless and beyond human understanding. So in verses uh, 33 to 36 of our reading this morning, the apostle suddenly bursts into praise because he realizes that God's wisdom and his knowledge are endless and so wonderful that we cannot understand it all. So glorious and so wonderful are the decisions. Uh, Paul says judgments, it actually means, um, you know, decisions. So glorious and wonderful are the decisions of God that it is impossible for any human being to understand them uh, fully. No man can fully understand the mind of God. That is basically what we are saying, and no one can advise God. Even our salvation is a free gift, not a reward, so that no one can deserve, no one can say they deserve salvation, and no one can say they are going to repay God you know, in, 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 in gratitude or in return for what he has done. It is all freely given. Paul, the great scholar, my friends, and apostle admits that the things of God, no one can understand, not he, even himself. And therefore, our only response our only response to the goodness of God, to his mercy, to his love, is simply to give him all the praise and all the glory that are due to him forever and forever. Amen. So now, having heard that, what is our response? How do we respond to this great expression of God's love, God's mercy for us and for all the people of this world. My dear friends, the message of chapter, chapters 9, 10, and 11 is very clear. That God is a truly great God. Our God, my friends, is truly great in all his ways. Well, his purpose is to save for himself a great crowd of people from all nations on earth, a, such a huge uh, crowd that no one can number. I know history teaches us that uh, wicked people and governments and rulers and kings and emperors have tried to destroy the church. But it, was all, it, it has all been vain. Over the centuries, 
you know, such governments as Rome and, uh, and others. have persecuted the church. And even now, when you read and you know world news, Christians are being persecuted in many places of the world. But one thing that is clear from the word of God is that the church of God will ever prevail. It will never fail. And Jesus says, I have established my church on a rock such that no one can ever prevail against it, not even the grits of hell. Amen? Even the devil himself is not able to destroy the church of Christ. And so the church of Christ keeps on moving on from century to century, from day to day, from year and year, until Christ returns. So in the book of Revelation, we actually see the result of this preaching of the gospel because uh, then there is a, a gathering of such great multitudes up there in heaven that no one can count. And they are from all, all the nations of the world. And all this depends on the gracious mercy of God. Secondly, Paul also teaches that salvation involves human responsibility. Amen? So it's about God. You know, the message is about God first and foremost and his purpose to save the world from their sins. But number two, even though it's a gift, free gift, and because, even though Christ died in order to pay the penalty for our sins, there's still a human responsibility that is demanded. So all men and all women are responsible they are accountable for their own sins. It is because of sin that the Jews have not received the blessing of salvation in Christ as much as the Gentiles. Yet, God's mercy and his, you know, is so great and is still available even to the resisting Jews, even to the resisting Gentiles. God's mercy is still available. And the Bible tells us, our words uh, are, are that in the end, God will prevail against the disobedience and rejection of the Jews of his salvation, and they will also receive salvation in Christ. My dear friends, the reason we preach this gospel is that it is good news. It is good news about God's love and mercy for all people on earth. The promise of God is that anyone who hears the gospel and believes in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will be saved. Let this be your moment, therefore, my friend. Receive your gift of salvation today. It is freely given. Receive it. There is no cost. Call on the name of, the, of God right here and now. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Admit before him, not, to, not before men or women. Go to Christ directly. Admit that you have sinned and you need to be forgiven. 
the Bible tells us, my dear friends, that we deceive ourselves if we think or if we imagine that we have not sinned. You may be a very good person, but it doesn't matter. Okay, let me say it matters. Very good. It's good to be good, but that will not take you to heaven. Heaven is not just for good people. It is for sinners who repent and are forgiven. So it is deceiving ourselves when we think that we have not sinned. For the Bible says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then we are told that if we confess our sins, if we admit that we have sinned, we shall be saved. If we confess Christ as a savior, the son of God, whom God sent for our benefit. And once again, everyone who believes in the Son of God, everyone who confesses their sins to God will be saved. Are you ready to receive Christ into your life right away, my friend? Don't lose this moment. There may be no other opportunity. Open your heart to Jesus and receive salvation right here and now. And God bless you. Amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners and saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so, now that we have put our faith in Him,